welcome to the Tech Story Podcast, where storytellers kibitz about technology that makes us go, hmm, what's that about? Now introducing your host, Doug Thompson. In this first part of a two-part interview I have with multiple best-selling author Christian Sherry, we talk about rejection and opinions and how not to take it personally. We also talk about the path to your final destinations is going to be filled with setbacks and challenges, but they're necessary to prepare you for that destination. And in the second part of this, we'll talk about her upcoming books, and man, there's a lot of them, and then also what her last book will be. And you only hear that here. So sit back and relax to this first part of my interview with Christian Sherry. All right, three, two, one. We'll try this again. This is take two. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the text. Tech Story Podcast. I've, luckily, I have a good friend of mine, Christian Sherry, as my guest, who's very patient and tolerant. And uh, I think a lot of that comes from her husband, who also worked at micro, works at Microsoft now. Um, you have to have a lot of patience and tolerance with a spouse like that. So, Christian, welcome to the Tech Story Podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. As you know, I've wanted to be on your podcast for a really long time. I never ever reach out to people and ask to be on their podcasts and I've just been envying every guest one after another just waiting for my turn so I'm delighted to be here with you well you know I have to save the best for like another season so you get to be on season two and you get to sort of have your own star there and actually you're on you'll be on with Lila too so I've got my two favorite women on it well team will get mad at me but I got two of my favorite women on the podcast in season two I love Lila. Her and I are really, really good friends, and um, she's just a fantastic person. So that's a wonderful that's wonderful company, and so is Tima. Uh, well, uh, yeah, there are, you're all great people. You inspire me to no end, and you're just really classy. Um, so t- tell us about just do the tell me about yourself, you know, because I know you're you're used to be be doing all that. Yeah, I've coached a lot of people to say, uh, you know, to answer, tell me about yourself when I used to do career coaching. And I was really glad I never had to ever answer that question again. But here we go. Um, there, I have a really bizarre sort of twisty career journey because I went to school to be a doctor, a, a neurologist. And then that didn't work out. So then I had, like, I did get my undergraduate degree in neuroscience, but I decided I didn't want to be a doctor. So I had this sort of career crisis. So when people say, tell me about yourself, it's really just this winding road of confusion where I went into state government and IT as a developer, business analytics. I was in operations management. I was in leadership and development and just in, in healthcare and online retail and government and all these different things. And I was like, wow, you really don't have it together. (laughs) (laughs) Having this big prolonged career crisis, but I ended up finding, finding myself in helping other people find themselves. So what I do now is I equip coaches, whether they're life coaches, executive coaches, consultants, even HR leaders or leadership development folks, I equip them to help their clients discover themselves through the UMAP career profile. So I do that and I write books. I'm a full-time author writing self-development, personal development, and professional development books for adults and children. And you just recorded your first audio one, did did you not? Yes, I did an audio book. (laughs) I'm so excited. I feel totally legit now that I can add like 
voice actor or performed by to my resume. <laughs> did you do that in your closet? Did I read that right? You did that sort of in your closet? Yeah. And you know, it's funny because I was going to keep flying to Nashville to use a recording studio there, but then COVID's been getting worse. And I thought, oh, I don't really want to, you know, kill anybody flying around, <laughs> you know, people, vulnerable people, if I have it. So I just better stay put. Well, I actually did uh, a webinar on how to record your own audiobook, And the woman leading the course said, do it in your closet. And I'm like, what the what? Like my yeah. closet. And yeah. she said, yeah, you know, hang a comforter in there. All your clothing absorb mm -hmm. the sounds from bouncing off the walls. And sure enough, it just, you would never know listening that it, that I'm in a closet among my skirts and <laughs> dusty blouses that I haven't had to wear <laughs> in months. Yeah. My, my corporate clothes have uh, d disintegrated to, uh, to, I wear the same thing. I wear shorts all the, all the time. You know, my, my daughter was, uh, made a comment yesterday cause she works from home too. She, she and my granddaughter are living with us for a while. And I had jeans on yesterday. He says, I have never, I haven't seen you in jeans in here. <laughs> you know, what, what you adapt. I know. So, My husband is is wearing like just khakis all the time, which is so weird because he normally travels and he's yeah. usually having to wear dress pants and his Microsoft consulting shirt or or oh, a, yeah. or a shirt and tie, and he those are just gathering dust too. Yeah, I my, love it though. My ties are like twenty years old. I don't know. I think they're coming back in style because uh, uh, there most, you go. And most so is your hairstyle. Yeah, my well, my hairstyle is, is what the hairstyle is. It's been that way. Um, <laughs> forever i can't no remember. but i mean it's coming back in did you you know today i was watching uh, uh the the department of justice and fbi mm -hmm. do their presser and both the guys were bald so i was like doug thompson's hairstyle hey, is coming back I, in i'm leading <laughs> you know i i if you've seen me dressed i style is just sort of misses me <laughs> it's, it's never, it was done for a practical purpose because now i can go outside it's just simply a matter of putting sunscreen on my head and now we're good yep. we're good so i mean that works out fine so tell me, you know, the, the UMAT, I, I know that you, at one time you'd been rejected. You, you told a good story about that, getting rejected from some publishers and all. Tell me about that and how it sort of inspired uh, you to go forward. So thankfully, I had done a lot of research about trying to get a book published. My first two books, I self-published, but I decided to go with a publisher. And I went through the agent process first, looking for an agent. And they mostly just ignore you. And they say in their procedures that... Uh, no answer means no. <laughs> so they don't have, they don't even bother to reject you. Yeah. You just assume that you're rejected. Yeah, don't call us. We'll call uh, so you. I went through the assumption of rejection path for three agents, and I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna gonna write about this experience because anytime you write about an experience, other people will share very valuable information. I've always said that on social media, the conversations resulting from content adds the most value. And one of my contacts said, why don't you just approach publishers directly? And I was like, hmm, okay. So he wrote me and he said, here's my publisher, send me your book proposal and I'll submit it for you. And at the same time, I submitted a book proposal to Career Press as well. And they both contacted me, but I ended up going out, going with the medium-sized indie publisher, Black Rose Writing, because my friend had had a good experience. And to me, that that referral means a lot. And I've had a good experience as well with them. Yeah, I always like to the 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 word of mouth is such a great and powerful tool because you trust. Yeah, these but people. the rejection thing. Go to going back to your point, like you 
it's funny because I have a friend who, who wrote a book and he contacted me and he said, you know, someone read my book and they said it was boring. And so he's like, I'm questioning whether I should publish it. You have to be really careful listening too heavily to one person's opinion because I had, so my fourth book, um, that's my management book. Your team loves Mondays, mm-hmm. right? I had somebody call it dry and boring as well. And it was a, a reviewer mm-hmm. who ended up being a poet. So I can see why he found it boring when he's used to reading poetry. Which I find <laughs> but, boring, boring most um, of the time. It ended up winning like number two best business book of 2020 mm-hmm. from the Pencraft Awards. So maybe it's not that good either, right? You have to take that with a grain of salt too. But the point is a lot of people get deterred from rejection, mm-hmm. but I, one thing I always say to people who've been rejected about anything, look up your favorite play, your favorite book, your favorite movie, and go click on the one stars and Mm -hmm. read all the crazy talk that you do not identify with of what people are saying about this Mm -hmm. masterpiece that you love. There's always someone who hates even the most classic literature. Well, and that's, that's key. I mean, cause there's, uh, there's several people on that, that if you're Kurt Mercandante, who's a, who's a, a contact of mine as well. He sort of talks about, look, if you're trying to please everybody, you're going to please nobody. And, right. and, and at least then you're eliciting an, an opinion out of them. Uh, you just can't take it personal. I mean, that's their view of, and that's their person, but you know, obviously that wasn't written for them. That's exactly right. You can't be everyone's audience because some things are actually polar opposite on a continuum. So if you're writing uh, like one person gave I think UMAP only has one one star review though I have I have to say which is really surprising and the person was just like self development isn't my thing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> why they had the book is beyond me but they're like this isn't my thing. Yeah. I don't need books to tell me how to professionally develop myself. And it's like well lucky you the rest of us need some help but yeah. <laughs> glad you're squared away. Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe I, you should write a book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know it, it's sort of funny I I almost feel sorry for those people from a self-development, just as getting into that, because because they're the ones I think that need it the most. Of course, I, <laughs> I need it quite a bit, but that's just me that's generalizing. You realizing because they're a blink. Because I know that, but but I go to the other spectrum on this one, and as you know, for, I did for my TED talk, in that I had this inner bully, and I start believing these other things of it. Though mm. this one person, I, I did this just the other day. We had a we had to do this video pitch for the new job I'm in. And I followed it and somebody gave me, you know, like they said, well, you talked about things, which we have corporate guys we didn't talk about. And he clearly didn't listen to what I put in the pitch on that because I did, even though I mentioned the event, I didn't talk about the other company. I didn't talk about the other. I talked about what you really need and what the problem is. So it's all in how you listen and you can, you know, you can uh, uh, easily miss it uh, or miss the point. And again, it's not for everybody. Yeah. So um, you get a really thick skin, though, when you put yourself out there, whether you do a TED Talk or whether you write content on LinkedIn or write books or whatever. I mean, Dan, Diana Nguyen, Dancing mm-hmm. Diana yeah. um, or karaoke, people are going to be critics <laughs> about anything you yeah. put yourself out there. Yeah. And I once read a quote that said uh, that you're – when you're putting yourself out there, you're essentially farther ahead than people who aren't even trying. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think really important because you learn so much from the experience of stepping out in courage. Like it builds your confidence 
and sometimes people will will get rejection and allow it to cause them to retreat into a shell. But I think the majority of us end up having a victory story, even when we're rejected, because you always, there's a reason there's that saying rejection is redirection, right? Because through that process, you learn that things aren't as important to you as you thought they were, Mm -hmm. or that there was something better. And that's always happened to me anytime I've had what I thought was a rejection. Yeah, I mean, it happens in careers and stuff too. You get you get something where you're not a good fit, or you get a manager that, or something. I firmly things are put in our. Uh, somebody said God puts people in our way mm-hmm. <laughs> to help redirect <laughs> us and stuff. And, and I, 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 I sort of butchered that comment, but it's true. If, if upon reflection, if I look back at all these different journeys in my life, I wouldn't change any of them. There were some experiences which, at the time, were were bad. And it's how you get up and respond to that and look at the opportunity that goes on. And, you know, it's a bit opportunity. People look at uh, positive people and, and people that look at the opportunity in bigger picture. Sometimes they say, well, you're just, you know, you're, you're just hiding or masking something. He says, no, I, there, there's something to be good to be gleaned out of every experience. And you yeah. know, out of your rejections, you said, look, I need to trust myself and do this and trust people that are around me and, and you knew it inherently you knew it, but you were just overlooking it for these other channels. At least that's what, what I hear. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can look at individual events and say, Oh, I wish that never happened. Mm-hmm. So, and some people are like, Oh, I hate that that happened for you. Like that my path to entrepreneurship required a, a, an offer, a counter offer being reneged. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to quit my job with an, for another one and they counter offered and then they didn't follow through. So I didn't get the raise. I didn't get the promotion and I had given away this wonderful promotion, but I'd be a Dean of a university right now. Mm-hmm. If I had gone that, down that path, it required having bosses that micromanaged me. It required having people who blocked my promotion, who mm-hmm. held me down getting fired. I mean, all of those things led me to become an entrepreneur because I got so frustrated with trying to get ahead in corporate America Mm -hmm. that I said, if I'm going to be happy, I've got to make my own path. So if all of those bad things didn't happen to me, I wouldn't have had the last straw. So I'm glad all of those things happened to me and help. And boy, I'll tell you, I've got lots of stories for my books. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm not a vindictive person. I'm just saying there's some managers I've had that are in my books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally, I totally get that. And you, you mentioned about stories. So what's the inspirations that come? So, you know, as, as your, a book is just a very long story. It's a collection of stories and stuff, but it, you know, at the beginning and the end of it, there's sort of a journey that you go on. And what's the inspiration for you to start forming those, those things? So um, it, for my books, I had a very specific it might not seem like it, but I had a very specific plan. So with UMAP through to my book coming out next month, Maximize 365, and in the middle, there's Your Team Loves Mondays, right? There was a plan for those books. So UMAP was to help either students or entrepreneurs or career changers or job seekers to figure out their next, right? Or mm-hmm. the services they should offer or the type of entrepreneur they'd like to be. It's really just discovering yourself and then creating or landing this job that you love. Once you're now there, I wanted to help people manage up with a manager that wasn't working out or to be a better manager so that they're not constantly rehiring because everyone's quitting out from underneath them. Hate Monday. So 
Yeah, exactly. And then, okay, now you found yourself, you found your place, you know how to manage your manager or be a good manager. Now let's focus on maximizing you where you are. So that's what Maximize 365 does is help people um, reach their full potential one daily entry at a time. It's got an inspirational quote, a little couple paragraph story, and then an idea for action so that you can take immediate action on that topic in the areas of health and wellness, relationships, career, spirituality, and finances. So what I'm, what, what I'm doing always is maximizing people to be the best version of yourself that you can be. Everything I do is about that. And my four children's books do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. They help children build confidence through self-awareness. I'm really conscious of how kids can really start doubting themselves. And so I'm trying to bully proof kids through confidence really. And also at the same time, help them, have a better sense of who they are for when they make life choices. I hope you enjoyed this first part of my interview with Kristen Sherry. Tune in next time as we sort of go through the list of books that are in process and how she goes about writing them. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tech Story Podcast. And it would really be helpful if you'd go out to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast and rate it. You know, give it a five star because it helps other people find the podcast. It really raises the visibility and it would mean the world to me if you would do that.